brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a Midi clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Admit one, but beware, for there be monsters in there. Bundy. We serial killers. We're everywhere. Gacy. Do you have any idea how long it would take the guards to get here if you scream? Dahmer. I'm a pervert and a killer. The Zodiac. This is the Zodiac speaking. They're all here inside the True Crime Movie Club. And now, for our feature presentation. It is here in this abandoned medical dormitory that one of the most gruesome mass murders in history occurred. Seven deaths in one night by one man, Richard Franklin Speck. Ready to have some fun, buddy? Oh, you know it. Uh, while we're in this room, what I want you to try is communicate with this guy. Make your presence known if you're here. I would like to start this episode out <laughs> with an apology <laughs> by listing films with more merit than 100 Ghost Street, The Return of Richard Speck. So should I pull up every film in history and just start reading them? the Zapruder film, <laughs> the Christine Chubbuck suicide tape, oh. CNN's coverage of the Challenger disaster. 
Bud Dwyer's press conference. Bud Dwyer's press conference. <laughs> <laughs> the Armin Mivis tapes. A Serbian film. A Serbian, a Serbian <laughs> film is the Gigi Allen of cinema. It's like, <laughs> it, like you don't even need to see a Serbian film to know that like, oh yeah, no, that's probably like the most gut-wrenching film ever and you get that's immediate punchline you know you've left out the you've left out the daniel pearl beheading i was going to make that joke but then i was just like i don't want to make a joke about something that gives fucking jeff ptsd flashbacks no 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 that's fine that's fine it's fine no i like i said it's i wasn't your grandfather in I would much rather watch the entirety of the Ricardo Lopez tapes for Bjork than watch this movie ever again. You want to know what's really fucked up? I would much rather you have sent me into a PTSD rage than watch this movie again. How about that? Holy shit. Hi, I'm Kip Winger. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here for Time Life to bring you this exciting new 27 tape collection. The Ricardo Lopez tapes. (laughs) For three... Installments of $39.99 plus tax, you will get all 19 hours of the rantings and ravings of Ricardo Lopez. <laughs> Join me as we can we play the tape? <laughs> plus, the first 100 callers will receive choice excerpts from his 803 page diary. Act now, and you get your own copy of the platinum version of Chumbawamba's first album. <laughs> anyway, this movie sucked. <laughs> this movie did suck, but yeah, it is funny about those. Um, though you you all seen those late night infomercials, right? It's always like Kip Winger or like fucking the dudes from Air Supply or some shit. It's like, <laughs> hi, we're Time Life. These people needed to make rent this month, so we're gonna have them talk to you about, you know, the the fifteen DVD set of season eight of I Love Lucy. <laughs> Here's Warren Demartini from Rat. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. Good one. Did you see the rat commercial on Tubi yeah. while watching this? Yeah, I was just like, is that fucking, did they dig up Dio's corpse for this commercial? <laughs> and then I saw the drum head. It's like, oh, man, that's rat. That's did that's you hey, here, hey, guess here's, what? That's not even cr- just on Tubi, man. That's like a national commercial right yeah, now. That's, that's just on, on regular Hulu. television. Did you all yeah. see the, the uh, commercial on Tubi that was for Safe Auto that had a, pol- a polygamy joke in it? <laughs> <laughs> no. No. It was a cu- it was it was just two people a couple sitting like in front of like a colored background and she was talking how it's like I have a really open mind about things. Food, music, relationships, and then like the guy sitting next to her who's ostensibly her boyfriend or like partner or whatever just kind of looks at her, she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> No, I missed that one. And then, and then Audrey, yeah, no. And then Audrey looks at me and goes, "Wow, this commercial was the best part of this movie." <laughs> Anne walked in on me watching this, and she's like, "What the fuck is this?" And I was like, "Well, it's another bad movie." And she's like, "Oh, you're podcasting?" I was like, "Yep." And then she watches like three minutes of it wordlessly, and just goes, "The fucking bad actors guild," and walks out. <laughs> Uh, i think i think that this movie was like let's get let's get all the people from that are lookalikes of all the cast members of friggin stranger things and see if we can put them in a friggin found footage video because jesus christ if that doesn't look like friggin hopper 
in the beginning with the beard and the hat. Oh, oh yeah, yes. that dude. Oh, yeah. I, had, I had to go look it up because I Hopper thought it was. Hopper really let himself go. Yeah, dude, I was like, that's it. I'm like, three. that's David Harbour. And I'm looking up to see if David Harbour did it. But no, he didn't. And But the thing is, <laughs> everyone involved in this movie is uncredited because even the everyone doesn't want to have any freaking connection to this film at all. <laughs> yeah. David Harbour, like has undergone like a similar transformation in real life. And I'm not shitting on David Harbour because he's an incredible actor and a, and a solid dude. I, I sat in on a Q and a with him at a con, a comic con once. And he was, he was really engaging and nice to all the fans and shit. But like, if you watch, and this is a movie we'll never cover on this show. Cause this movie fucks. Uh, if you watch Parkland, the, uh, the JFK assassination oh, yeah. movie, mm. he is, um, FBI agent James Hosty's boss and he is unrecognizable in it. He has a haircut, he shaves, <laughs> he wears an ironed suit and it's like, "Oh my god, holy shit, he cleans up really well." And then after that, it was just like, "Yeah, you get to play an alcoholic in this." And he's like, "I'm fucking not getting my haircut again, never shaving. I'm going to fucking eat Wendy's for breakfast every week." He's like, "I've made it." <laughs> yeah, but it, that, he's that's him playing that role because if you watch him in like uh, Batman versus Superman or in Suicide Squad, he's got a, he's got a small role in those. Mo- he's back. He's to in that Batman versus cut. Suicide. Uh, so he's in Batman versus Superman and Suicide Squad. <laughs> Batman versus yeah, he's, Suicide. He's, uh, he's the he's an uh, a CIA agent uh, that runs. Like yeah. if you watch, he's got a very big part in Suicide Squad, but not as much in Bat. He's in the very end of the director. They should have got him to play Gordon. Like, don't get me wrong, because I love. <laughs> Fucking what's his face? J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. That actor. Oh, J.K. Um, Simmons. You, uh, you love J.K. Simmons, Simmons, otherwise known J. as the yellow M&M. You love him. <laughs> no, Brad Garrett is the yellow M&M, isn't he? No, Brad Garrett is not. The yellow M&M is J.K. Simmons and has been since Did the he replace him? No, he did not. He's always been. He was famous for being this the yellow M&M. This is now M&M a yellow M&M podcast. Yeah. I hope you all know <laughs> If you look it up, J.K. Simmons was the Hell yellow yeah. M&M back. Holy shit, you're right. Back, when, back before Oz even started. He's been the yellow <laughs> M&M since, oh. since, get, since Jump Street. I could J.K. Assume. Simmons fucking rules. He does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> does. J.K. Simmons fucking rules. But and, and, and that's what I was saying. Like, this isn't an insult to him, but it's just like, I don't know. It kind of felt like double dipping having him as as another comic book legendary person of authority. You know what I mean? It was just like, I was happy to see him, but it's like David Harbour would have made an excellent Jim Gordon, whereas it's just like, I only want to see J.K. Simmons as uh, as J. Jonah J. Jameson. Jonah Jameson. <laughs> and I thought it was brilliant what they did in the new movies. They're like, okay, how do we update, you know, because there are still newspapers yeah. and shit, but how do we <laughs> modernize this? And they made him Alex Jones. Bring him, bring him over as a webcaster, <laughs> which I thought was brilliant. Brilliant. Hilarious. But They're anyway, awesome. Those are good movies. We're not talking about, <laughs> Let's talk about this, this one. This is True Crime Movie Club. Screw this movie. Let's just talk about J.K. Simmons the entire time. Yeah, let's get let's get the movie over with so we can go back to talking about J.K. Simmons. But before, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, before before fucking... we start, Jesse, I know yet you, you had a long night and stuff like that. So if if you'll, allow I had a me... long night seeing a fucking good movie. I went to the drive-in and saw E.T. I saw one of the greatest films ever committed to celluloid and followed it up with this shit. So. <laughs> Oh, I have thoughts. The, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. <laughs> it is. It's like a speedball. It's like a speedball <laughs> shot right into your nuts. Here's some heroin, and we're gonna follow it up some fucking coke. But um, nice. 
Well, yeah, here we so go then. So, we are since, True Crime Movie Club. We watch the Let's... worst of true crime cinema, so you don't have to. I'm Jesse. Today, we've got Dan with us. Hey, everybody. Jeff is here. Hi, everyone. Mission accomplished on the worst true crime this week. <laughs> Dude. Dude. <laughs> this is a Dude. weird kind of worst, and we will get into that on all <laughs> levels. And then finally, Chef Bagels couldn't be here this week, but we've got the the newest member of the cast. Always happy to have him here. He is the host of the Unresolved podcast. Um, if you're not following that show, go follow them, if only to check out the awesome live streams we're doing. Uh, recently, we did an interview with Lost Girls author Robert Kolker. So you can get that um, on the YouTube and the uh, the Patreon feed. So go check that out. The host of Unresolved, Michael Whelan, is with us. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I was gonna I was gonna make a joke about how I'm not happy to be here, but <laughs> but after all that nice shit he said, after all that nice shit he said, it was like I feel really bad about saying it, that now. It, it feels like Jesse likes Michael more than he likes me and you, Jeff, because he really talks up his intro. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He, he was like, he was like, Jeff, <laughs> you've got to plug the Dan, side shows. Dan is here. <laughs> I and then it, the Jeff. guy that I really like and want to really talk about, Michael. Well, and then it's, he says it's his a last matter. Name. It's a Weird. matter of the side projects. Like I can't be like all the way from podcast twelve eighty nine, the show that ninety seven percent of so you funny. know because you listen to us. I think and you're reading like, into it. We're just busting your balls. Don't worry about oh, it. Oh yeah, I know. No, I but I think it's funny to mention too because it's also like yeah, I will usually talk up uh, changing hearts and minds, but I don't know if I want to do it. Like, do we want to send people that know one hundred Ghost Street, the Return of Richard Speck, over to a completely competent military history podcast. Do you want those people on your Instagram? Like, Hey, I came here from true crime movie club. What the fuck is this? Who gives a fuck about 1864 in the friggin' Appomattox courthouse? <laughs> Who the fuck is general Sherman? We want to hear no, you get, kissing JK Simmons ass. Yeah. JK Simmons fucking rules. JK Simmons fucks. fucks. Remember he, how ripped he, he got it. for um uh that fucking drum movie? Whiplash. 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 Yeah, no, man. Yeah. He he was getting he was also getting in shape because he was going to be in the the Batman as Gordon too. So we'll see if he's still holding the James Gordon position. When yeah, because you really need to do some squats to be the guy that stands there in the trench coat next to a giant spotlight going, I hope Batman <laughs> gets here soon. That's all Gordon <sighs> does, you know, at least in the movies. It's like, well, we right. need a dude to stand next to the bat signal and be like, well, hope he gets here. We need a really <laughs> well-intending police officer who's completely inept at doing his job to friggin' rely on a mass crusader rich boy to come in and do it for him. Yeah, I'm and, just and no, uh, Pat Hingle really epitomized that. That's why I liked how they really focused more on the corruption in the Nolan movies instead of just like, well, we're dumb. Let's have yeah, the uh, furry yeah. take care of this. Yeah, they made they made it so Gordon couldn't do his job. Not that he just wasn't doing it. Yeah. yeah, Gary Oldman fucks in that movie, as he does yes, he in pretty does. much every goddamn movie. All right, right, so we are talking about the 2012 uh, direct-to-video <clears throat> feature, 100 Ghost Street, uh, The Return of uncredited Richard Uncredited all around. <laughs> this movie did not have end credits. That's it, because it no, no one wants credits for anything. 
Yeah, and the, the whole cast and crew were just like, yeah, we're going to do this, like, under the table. Like, no one needs to know about this. But, yeah. Hey, Jesse. Was, hey, Jesse. Do mm-hmm. you want me to tell everyone about the character that this movie's not about that actually makes into the name of the movie? Yeah, you know what? Before we get into the pedigree of the film, let's talk about the true crime behind the scenes here. Jeff, tell yeah. our listeners about Richard Speck. Yeah, so uh, Richard Benjamin Speck, not Richard Franklin Speck, as the movie says, um, but Richard Benjamin Speck was an American mass murderer born. In Wait a minute. So like they they Benjamin and they His were name like was Richard Benjamin Speck, and they went Richard Franklin Speck. So Benjamin they were trying to Franklin. make him Alan Alda from Mash, uh, Benjamin Franklin Harris. It's Benjamin Franklin Speck. I don't know what the yeah. What did they? What did they just like? Oh fuck! I forgot to make it out. What is his? uh, What's his name? It's it's the president's name. Uh, Franklin. Yeah, he's Franklin. Franklin. Yeah, Benjamin President. (laughs) He looks like Franklin the Turtle when you think about it. So maybe that's why. Like, who's that cartoon turtle from PBS? You're right. It's Franklin. Yeah, (laughs) coming to your town. Yeah. So uh, Richard Benjamin Speck, American mass murderer, born December sixth, nineteen forty one. Speck had had a life of crime and disturbing behavior leading all the way up to the events at the uh, the dormitory, but I, so I'm not going to go into all that, but let's talk about the dormitory. On July 13th, 1966, Speck broke into the 2319 East 100th Street townhouse in Chicago's Jeffrey Manor neighborhood. The townhouse was a dormitory for student nurses who worked at the local hospital. Speck, using only a knife, held nine women captive. Leading them one by one out of the room, he put them all in, to be stabbed or strangled to death. He raped and strangled the eighth and final victim. Now, if you recall, I said there were nine because there was one of the victims, a woman named Corazon Amaro, survived by hiding under a bed when he was out of the room. And I guess he wasn't keeping count, came back, didn't see her there. She was a visitor at the house. So what Mm -hmm. I think the police said, the reason why she was able to get away with it is because he counted the bodies and counted the beds in the dormitory. And because she was just visiting, she was a ninth when there were only eight beds. He counted eight bodies. So he thought he got everyone. He left. She hid under her bed until six o'clock the next morning before she finally left to go get help. Speck was identified during the investigation, and on April 15th of 1967, he was found guilty of the murders after only an hour and a half of deliberation. And they say that hour and a half of deliberation, one hour of it was just them getting the jury to and from the deliberation yeah. place. So they, it was 15 minutes. They yeah, took no, to that's, find that's common. I've heard of other cases where they've come to a verdict in like 15 minutes. And then like the jury foreman has just been like, maybe we should order lunch. That's exactly what just- happened here. They, they, they said that uh, it was almost definite that he did this. There were fingerprints at the scene. Yeah. He, although he denied it in investigations, the, the psychiatrist says he, he admitted to it. And by the time it was at the end, he was, he was pretty much consoled to the fact that he was caught. Uh, he was sentenced to death. But in 1971, mm-hmm. his death penalty was reversed. And the reason why it was reversed is because they found that they did a little bit of hinkiness with the picking of the jury. They they decided to eliminate anyone that was anti-death penalty. So they they padded the jury in, in a way. So Illinois, mm-hmm. being smart, said, you know, you can't do that. We're not going to let you kill this guy now because you can't do that kind of shit. And so I kind of support that. So the guy did sit in jail, yeah. though, until uh, he sat in jail with big ass titties that he grew somehow. Yeah, well, that, that's that's really <laughs> that's, that's a whole different. <laughs> that's a whole. Yeah, there's a whole weird thing about what happened with him in jail. But he was called and this does refer to the movie, but he was called Birdman in jail because he did. keep mm-hmm. He did keep uh, pigeons in his in his cell. But he died eventually on December 5th of 1991, the day before his 50th birthday, of a heart attack. Um, and he did not die near 
Uh, this is important to note. He did not die near the dormitory. In the dormitory, uh, he had spent almost 45 years away from the crimes, so there was no direct connection anymore. Through his time in prison, he did eventually come to express remorse after he got some help in prison about what he did, and claiming that alcohol and drug use and, and the fact that he had avoided mental health uh treatment all those years led to that and then once he was in prison and had access to that kind of stuff although mm. other mental health issues popped up obviously his murder of those women was expressed as remorseful by him while he was in prison and there's a lot of people who believe that he was truthful when he said that but it doesn't mean he got out of jail he died in jail and it's very important to realize that Richard Speck was not really known for being a terrorizing monstrous individual he was considered to be very dainty soft-handed and kind of a guy who just had a snap and took advantage of some women's fear one night. Uh, that's important to understand going into this film that we watched because this film completely makes him out to be a fucking mean motherfucking monster. And uh, he was more just a really <laughs> mentally seem damaged... Makes like way more of a badass. <laughs> yeah, he's not as much of a badass as this film. But that, that's it. That's the Richard Speck story. Jesse, back to you. Let's talk about this... I don't even know what to say about it. I, actually, I do know what to say about this. Listeners at home, Google a picture of Richard Speck and tell me that isn't Roger Klotz. <laughs> yeah, no, he looks like um, he looks like James Dean with cystic acne. Yeah. <laughs> Just putting it out there. He looks like if James, like, you know that scene in RoboCop? Like James Dean after the accident? Is that what you're saying? He looks like yeah, that. exactly. It also looks like, you know that scene in RoboCop with Paul McCrane? And Paul McCrane gets hit with the fucking, the, like, toxic waste and starts melting and shit. He yeah. looks like if James Dean went through that same kind of wash, if you know what I mean. <laughs> looks like he if was... James Dean got face-fucked by a group of bees. Yeah. <laughs> do not, do not, do not, do not keep that out. That is the funniest fucking thing Michael's ever said on this show. <laughs> Face fucked by bees. Jesus Christ. Okay, this movie sucked. Yeah, yeah and then this imagine that face. Me. Imagine that face like 30 pounds heavier with titties. And I'm not talking about man boobs. He has lady titties. Yeah, like, that video is really weird because it's like it's like Richard Speck with titties meets Easy E post friggin' AIDS death in a video. That's what it looked yeah. like. Yeah. It's a weird I have not seen this video. Oh my god, it's fucking about. terrible. Have you seen the screen cap? Oh, Holy it's fucking... shit, there it is. There it is. Yeah, it's yeah. weird, man. Jail does things to people. <laughs> yeah. And there were like rumors that him in jail in his latter years, he was like giving sex to people for cigarettes and stuff uh, no, like that. that. Was in the video. Oh yeah, no, in the he video became a ho. He was in a jail ho. Yeah, in that video that kind of stuff occurs. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So anyway, <laughs> yeah. 100 Ghost Street, The Return of Richard Speck. Um, you will not find this in the credits, but according to the Internet Movie Database, was directed by Martin Wickman Anderson. Mr. Anderson. <laughs> hey, what in the hell? Um, and it stars uh, no one. A I bunch mean, of people you've never heard of. However, comma, people those use. people are not non-working actors. Each of them has legitimately well-filled IMDb listings of their they jobs. They have done shit. They have done shit. Stuff like Grey's Anatomy, TV spots, other other horror movies that are made by reputable people. So these people have no excuse for for this product. Yeah, no, they've been on like Angie Tribeca and... Um, <laughs> Grey's Anatomy and shit. Yeah. Well, he already said that. Um yeah. 
Yeah, yeah Haley Berryberry was in the movie called Frank, which was actually really good with uh, Michael Fassbender and Donald Gleason. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, with that creepy head. Yep, that was a good movie. Yeah, Richard Speck kind of looks like Dom Hall Gleason. <laughs> I'll say it. If Domhnall Gleeson inherited more of his father's genes, sure. <laughs> I'm trying to remember: is Dom Hall Gleeson the one that was in Zodiac? No, he was. No. He was no. in um, uh, he's Ex in the, Machina. Yeah, and he was in the Ex Machina. He's in the Star Wars. He's he's from Star Wars. He's in Harry Potter too. He's in Harry Potter. Yeah. 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 What the, the fuck am I thinking of? I'm thinking of the other ginger dude who was um, the fucking. Lieutenant in Zodiac with the mustache. Uh, not Mullinax. Fucking Ken Narlo. He was Ken Narlo. He was also on uh, one of them fucking sitcoms about, you know, 15 stipulations to fuck my teenage daughter or whatever. Um, oh, Donald Logue. That's oh, who I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. yeah. It's that, that very Irish D.O. kind of name thing. Yeah. yeah. Donald, Logue, is, Donald well. Logue plays one of the, uh, one of, he plays one of the cops in the TV show uh, about Gotham. Donald Logue looks like the guy Mike in this fucking movie. He yes. Does. Yes, you're right. It he also does. looks like Hopper. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, if you guys are wondering why we can't, we can't focus on this fucking um, movie is there, there really isn't a lot to fucking focus it, on this. This movie, this movie, has, this movie has nothing. This movie has nothing. And I mean, nothing to do with Richard Speck. It's nope. the, yeah, the, only th- the only thing There's, that this movie has to do with it is the fact that they mentioned his name a couple times and they are in the supposed dor- dormitory where the murders happen. And they're there in the form of paranormal investigators, which is like <laughs> it's the first time they've ever done this. Here's the thing people don't realize is, first of all, they in this movie go into what looks like a hospital that's been. Closed it's out. Linda Vista Hospital in Los that's right, Angeles. In, in, For in those Los of Angeles. you. If, then those of you who are into paranormal shows like I am, you re- you recognize that name right away. Ghost Adventures has been there like I think two or three times. I think it was on an episode of the of a haunting. Like it is a big deal paranormal location. And right. it, like if you look at the actual dorm building, like Jeff, you'll tell them like if it's a townhouse. Looks, it's a yeah. It's a townhouse. It's not. It's not at all anything medical about it. It's literally just where these women slept at when they weren't working at the local hospital exactly. over there in the Jeffrey Manor area of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So they they beef the location fucking immediately. They're just like hospital nurses. Yeah, this will do. Like. I don't know. And it's funnier because like on like some versions of the DVD art for this film, they show. A town, a haunted-looking townhouse that's even smaller than the small one in real life. So it's it's right. nothing about this fucking film makes sense location-wise. But yeah, just just like Dan was saying, this is your it's it's like Grave Encounters if you've ever seen that film. It's just it's a group of paranormal investigators, um, and they go into this. Oh, it's you know this is where the Richard Speck massacre happened, and we need to cat. And you know it's it's a found footage movie, so. So it's like we're making a documentary okay that's our excuse for keeping the cameras on the whole time but man i need to get some of these ghost hunting camera batteries because they last for fucking hours <laughs> lights going watching through the viewfinder yeah mm-hmm. like RC get cars. on them. Yeah, no, I mean, and and for those who are uninitiated, Dan and I shot a documentary over the course of two years, and we can vouch for this. 
Camera batteries. Batteries don't last long. Yeah, no, they'll <laughs> last you like an hour and a half tops. And this this is another one of these movies where it's like they're trapped in there all night. You know, and it's just, I don't know. Not it's, once do you see a change. <laughs> like once things start to go tits up for him, like, yeah, it just doesn't work. <laughs> now you might, anyway. be, you might be wondering why we're not like going through profiles of each character and the actors that play them. It's because... These are disposable cannon fodder horror movie victims. None of them have any real redeeming qualities. Like the main guy who's like in charge of everything is such a fucking prick in this movie. <laughs> yeah. I just kept, I didn't even bother to learn his name. I just kept writing down blazer douche because he's yeah. wearing a brown blazer. <laughs> his hair's like, his hair's hanging in his face like some friggin' yeah. goth friggin'. And, the, and the very the very first time something violent happens to somebody, they're sitting there calming her down, like trying to con- like console mm-hmm. her, like calm her down. And he's like, yeah, get over it. Whatever. This is my show. Here's some it's drugs. Like, Take some drugs. Dude. so You can pass out and get raped. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll talk about that. Yeah, in well, a we've got thoughts oh. about that. Uh. <laughs> I will say that that the the film starting off by having having action happen right away. Did at least you know, and, I, and I'm trying to find things about this film that were redeemable. But the film didn't make you sit through long bouts of inactivity. I mean, the one thing about the film is it's it very. It's, it's, <laughs> it is. It was tight. It, it goes tight. It feels <laughs> fast, but it's it's still there's. I just don't care about the character. They did attempt to try to do some arcs with some of the characters, but I just don't care. I don't care because the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, what. Why is this not anything about Richard Speck? Yes, you're trying to make him out to be the ghost killer in this, but it was just if you're going to put that much effort into it, put enough effort into it to come up with something that's going to make me as a person wanting to watch something that has to do with a real true crime thing have some connection to that true crime. It is the one redeeming quality about the the haunting of of Sharon Tate. It was at least it was about the crimes. It, this was nothing to do with. Anything. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah. There was which, like a 45 second scene where they were just like, Oh yeah, this is where, you know, the survivor of Richard Speck survived. She hid under the bed and then she snuck out. The yeah. Window. It was one That's room it. in Linda, <laughs> in Linda Vista hospital that they used their $125,000 budget to dress up to kind of look like an apartment bedroom. And, that was it. Every everything else yeah. on, in that fucking hospital, they just left as is. It's a real life abandoned medical facility, and it's just they they did no set dressing whatsoever to make it look like oh yeah, this was a, an apartment or a dormitory where people lived. But uh, I'm glad you brought up the haunting of Sharon Tate because we really need to get this betting pool going for what the next one's going to be. And I had a thought the other day. Yeah. I was just like. <laughs> We're going to see the haunting of Chris Benoit soon. Oh, God. You know it. Yeah. Huh, yeah. I mean, with or the f- no, I'm, I'm going to put my money on uh, JonBenet Ramsey. Oh, that's, that's too, where that's, I was going. Shit. It's too easy. I too think easy. the JonBenet Ramsey one is more likely with Chris Benoit one. There's still so much they don't know what happened. And the, the thing about these haunting movies that these guys making is there's a common verna- there's a common thought of what's happened in this, that he's flipping on its head. There is no common knowledge of what actually mm-hmm. happened with Chris Benoit and his family those last 72 hours. They just know that they died and that he yeah, k- killed them. Bad. And that's it. I mean, there's there. I think that that would, Oh man, I hope he doesn't do that because that would you be, watch that fucking dark side of the ring episode about it. 
Yeah, dude. I have no, not seen it. I, I've been meaning to watch you that show, but I haven't it. seen it. It is upsetting. It is a hard fucking <laughs> because watch, Because I man. fucking loved Chris Benoit. But yeah, every, everyone did. I mean, what <laughs> what happened with that guy was was he was definitely a victim of the of the you know, he had mental a illness. Chair hitting his skull several times. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's uh-huh. yeah. yeah. Up the wall. They, they, these, yeah, these these mm-hmm. C, these CTE stuff that these guys go through, and top of the fact that the drug use that they use inside the inside that, and then the steroid use, and and then him and it was just it's a tragedy. It's not even like it's a crime that oh this guy was a bad guy. He wasn't a bad guy. It was a tragic situation that manifested out. And I hope the guy doesn't do that. But that would be God, that's a good one, Jesse. You know that's he's gonna. Oh, the more man. you don't want it to happen, it's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Daniel Ferrans is a man with no yeah. moral compass. But anyway, 100 <laughs> goes for you. Uh, first of all, if if I could say something about the title, uh, they say yeah, in the go that, off. They, that they rename this place 100 Ghost Street in Chicago because that is absolute bullshit. There is no renaming like, of that location in Chicago. Well, they didn't say they renamed it. They said they're like, oh, yeah, but people, people refer to it as, it. But, but the only people that refer to it as that are the people who made this movie. Yeah, no. And and th- that title of this film, it, it, it actually has so many fucking different titles. Like in um, Europe, it's Paranormal Encounters 4, I think, or some shit. Hold on, let me pull this up on Google. Some of them I think are really fucking Paranormal stupid. Entity 4. That's yeah. it. For yeah. those that don't know, this movie was released as a mockbuster to catch on the heels of Paranormal Activity 4. Yeah, and they started releasing them at the same time, so they would just scoop up those viewers that would go to Redbox and be like, oh, I heard about this. Yeah, or that's the movie I want, right? <laughs> you know, and it's just like Parano- Paranormal Activity 4, everyone tapped out by then. I, yeah, I didn't even know they made a fourth one. I think they've made like <laughs> seven of them. Yeah, but, they, started, um, they started doing all kinds of branch-offs and shit, too. Yeah. yeah, let's see. None so yeah, the, so there's 100 Ghost Street, The Return of Richard Speck. There's Paranormal Entity 4. And then um, another DVD copy of it refers to it as 100th Street Haunting, uh, The Ghost of Richard Speck. That would have been better. Yeah, that's accurate. Because it is on East 100th Street. Oh my God, you need to see. Holy shit, I found the... Um, in Europe, it's called Paranormal Entity 4. You've got to see the British DVD cover of this. Ah, oh, man, they are getting around so many copyright laws by doing this in Europe. It's <laughs> shameless. Look at this cover. Yeah, no, that's good. Same font. They ripped <laughs> off the Paranormal Activity DVD covers. Paranormal Entity Quadrilogy. <laughs> There's more of these? Oh, yeah. Jesus no, And apparently this is also a spiritual sort of sequel to another Asylum Gacy movie. House? Gacy House, which I want to watch <laughs> next week because I was perusing the reviews for this film because I was like, I need a talking point for this movie because nothing fucking happens in it. And everyone, <laughs> by and large, was just like, yeah, this movie isn't good. But uh, Gacy House was somehow better. And so we'll have to watch that. But yeah, like, uh, I want to quote this. I've left this tab up because I thought this was so funny. Um, Dread Central gave a uh, a very in-depth review of this uh, film. And uh, let me get this paragraph here. Oh, yeah, it says, um, let's see here. Um, 
As someone who is not much of a fan of this particular subgenre, the author writes, and has mostly been bored by the, the Asylum's previous found footage offerings, I can safely say that 100 Ghost Street, The Return of Richard Speck, is a major step up and a perfectly fine offering of the found footage genre. I'd love to give the <laughs> cast and filmmaker credit by name for their effort here, but all of that information is listed as non-applicable because, as we all know by now, these Asylum found footage flicks are 100% the real deal. They seemed like talented people people shame they're all dead now yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's the thing there there were parts of this in the way it's presented that i i really found interesting and eye-catching uh I, the, you know killing people right off the bat having that that kind of stuff was kind of cool to me. They, they there like was a scene people in the first five minutes of this movie yeah. there there <laughs> was a scene where they where one guy goes back to get the the remote control car from the main room and he goes in and this is this I actually this this really bothered me how much I like this, but because yeah. it went back and he goes in the room to get his bag. And if you watch the scene again, because I rewound it to watch it twice, because I was like, "Ooh, look at that. There is a shadow on the wall of a man that you don't notice till he's leaving the room because it moves. And I was like, oh, my God, fucking well done to the people who put this together, because it was a holy shit moment. And I thought but, the RC car was inventive. I thought that was cool. Well, it did, but that wasn't the problem. The, the shadow on the wall thing was what I I really liked. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going back to your first point, but yeah, I yeah, yeah. The that, RC car thing it, was kind of cool, and it's something that you've seen a lot of paranormal investigators use. Um, and so, so them in, introducing that into this was great. There was just by that point, they had already started going down a road that I felt was just fucking totally tasteless. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Oh, so. speaking of tasteless, I found another DVD cover. This is from an Asian country. And I, I, Dan, I'm going to show it to you. Jeff, you might know as well because I'm not up on that stuff as much as you guys are. But yep. holy fucking shit, this is bad. All right, here you okay, go. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Jesus oh, Christ. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Good there yes. are areleolas visible on that DVD cover. Yeah, that, that, that yeah. DVD cover. <laughs> And and so so the listeners at home we're looking at a DVD cover with a woman tied to a bed 
with her clothes and her, her skirt pulled up um, or looks it like tied a, to a bed. It is she a looks, still from the most It's a still from the scene that movie. I found was the most <laughs> distasteful thing in this movie. They, they, they show a... And I almost turned it off after this. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm not going to watch it. They the show a rape scene of a ghost raping this woman and then trying to strangle her. And it is absolutely fucking offensive, it, obscene. And then do they, they imply that they killed her via rape because they later go back into that room and... Well, I think he was strangling her, but then yeah, I think she then, was like when holding they go back into the room later, Jesse. Well, we I, I, the only the, thing that tops the only thing that tops that murder well, is we see the the, the mattress is what he does to the body later. Well, we well yeah, we're gonna talk about that in a second. But yeah, when they go back in that room and the body's not there, you see the mattress and there's a giant pool of blood where her um vagina cervical area would be yeah and yeah. it's like are they implying that a ghost fucked this woman to death like literal rape to death by a ghost like you could not and and this has become like a real tropey thing to say especially with like a lot of edgelord movie reviewers which we're, we're not you know we have senses of humor but we're not dick bags about it but like you yeah. could not make this movie now like the asylum they make shitty movies but they have contracts with like fucking the sci-fi channel and uh, wa- and distribution deals with Walmart and all this shit. Like they're like as much as like harbingers of trash. They are, they are like a legitimate company and they've been around forever. They could not yeah. make this movie post me too. Not that they should have made it pre me too, but like you watch yeah. one of those movies and it's just like, Oh yeah, I could definitely tell this is almost a decade old. And then like, as if that mm. wasn't bad enough, like, at another point in the film, one of the 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 characters runs and hides in the room, and under, then under the you, bed, under the bed, and then you see the ghost drag the dead body of the raped to death victim, throw her on the bed, and then for an extended scene that was like a minute and a half, two minutes long, it was just too long, way the too fucking long. Fucking mattress, <laughs> you see it going. The rhythmic and bounce. The and squeaking. He was uh, fucking the dead body. Let's just say it. He was fucking. Yeah. The ghost was fucking the dead body. And that to me was like, that was it. I, I didn't turn it off. Yeah. Because I needed to watch the rest of this I movie so that I could out. hate this yeah. movie fully. And it's not that it's it's like what we said in one of the other shows. And I think Jesse made a good point. You can't mm-hmm. you can't. you And you said this, I think, last week. And I don't know when this this will be released, but it'll be, maybe it'll coincide. We with said that. Uh, you I cannot said you cannot point. do offensive things without paying the dues for that offensive thing. Yeah, yeah. Th- this film does not make any statements. This film does not make any claims to, to try to uncover anything or to try to tell a story. This is just violent rape for the sake of violent rape and that is fucking unacceptable that no one should have to see that no one wants yeah to and see i mean that. i want to like it's a really weird double-edged sword here because the the scene where the 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 invisible entity and we see this by the way through security cameras that are running the whole time in the corners of these film which is another like a, a get around that these these found footage hacks have done like one of the reasons i like the blair witch project so much is there are gaps in you the footage. see all the footage <laughs> yeah. yeah well there are gaps there are periods where they do turn the fucking camera off and then scenes start where the camera turns on in the middle of shit happening and 
in in the modern era of found footage, are like, oh no, we can't do that because then the audience might be confused. Uh, we need live uh, security camera footage, and they even <laughs> I think they even did it in the fucking Blair Witch twenty sixteen soft reboot slash sequel. Like had fucking like security cameras up in trees and shit. We need to get all the action so we can tell a complete story, even though we didn't bother to write one. And um, so you see this the CGI that they used to undress this girl was convincing it was like oh wow that's actually a really good special effect but holy yeah, yeah, shit was, are they gonna was. go the full they go the full fucking monty on this and before this i don't know yeah, about you guys the closest i had seen was hollow man you remember that movie yeah yes yes that that yeah. movie that movie is is in my opinion although i don't like watching those kind of scenes that mo- that scene is not bad to watch because it's an implication of it you know you see yeah. things happen but you yeah. don't see the full monty this is this is porn this you see her porn. legs this, spread this apart violently. Porn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's it just like, and like I kind of want to move on from this just because, like, how many times can we say this was just tasteless? And yeah, we need disgusting. to tell y'all if you're but if you're fucking triggered by shit like this, do not watch this film. If you are yeah. offended and rightly I think, so, I think we should put a content warning at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah no, we're going to because yeah. I mean, right. honestly. The, the one reason I really want to uh, wanted to talk about all this is like they kind of should be called out for this. It's like, yeah, all right, it's a horror movie. You know, you got to do some fucked up shit to scare people, but that this kind of like severely like went over the line. It added yeah. literally nothing to the movie. No. You know, there's nothing art that's made in this. There's no there's no political point made to this. This is just graphic rape porn that's all it is yeah. and what upsets me what upsets me the most about it is that it takes the true like shocking events of richard speck like his yeah crime, it's real and translates it to this like ghost rape yeah it's there is brazen. such a tone of misogyny throughout this entire movie of course it like, is. It's a they, horror they movie. treat all the they treat all the women like they're fucking idiots they tell them to shut up multiple times um yeah. Like, and just, just, just the way there's a scene where they're filming, uh, he's blazer douche is filming a lady. What's her name? Changing. It's like, really? You had to fucking put that in. Well, that, that I think is their attempt to try to make it, to, to make it not be misogynistic because he gets killed in that scene for doing it kind of, but Richard Speck would not kill you for filming a woman getting naked. He'd be there for it. He'd be all like patting you on the back and shit. You know, it's like, it's, this movie has no point. It's but yeah, nope. it's just like this movie fucking sucked. But can we talk about real quick when they found that like, like the the place where at the end of the movie she escapes from, but she's saying like she's claustrophobic, she's not going in there. It's so funny. The script, like they fucking totally like had to Google what are symptoms of claustrophobia. Because she gave, nails like, she them gave all an entire <laughs> page of dialogue and backstory for the reason is she like all you have to go is like no fuck that I'm claustrophobic I don't like fucking enclosed spaces but no it's like when yeah, I was a you child, don't have to you don't have to rehash your trauma I was locked in a closet <laughs> writing credits for this movie should be put down that WebMD helped that's all I'm saying. but yeah uh so a couple good things about the movie i did enjoy like the practical effects were good yeah they were great like there were some like pretty well executed murders like the scene where you know they're using the car to get the keys from dude's half body like his fucking like half corpse legs just sitting there i was like 
that was pretty well done. They <laughs> did that really well until they broke out of the um, the night vision. In the night vision, it was like, oh, holy shit, that's a real... Because, like, when you see the foot at first, it's like, oh, okay, you know, the dude's laying there, and then it drives a little further, and it's like, oh, man, they got some, like, sheep guts or something from the supermarket. That looks real. It's like, oh, and then you remember, like, oh, man, that completely convinced me that that was a human foot in the beginning when it's, when it's obviously, like, a mannequin or something. So they did a really good job there, but then when they... They, uh, they fucking, they have what's-her-nuts go up into the ceiling. The ceiling, which, by the way, you can, like, stand up all the way in. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they show it in color with a light on it, and it's just like, uh, I don't know. It just didn't look as good anymore at that point. I don't know. Like, the legs looked really fake. But, yeah, uh, I, I will give them ups for that. The gore factor in this film was well yeah. done. The special like, effects the, were the scene pretty where good. the dude gets his head ripped off in that tube where she escapes from, like, that, that was, was cool, too. Like, and, like, but the weirdest thing was, like, the digital cuts in the film, like, that's not how cameras work. That was no, they were analog. <laughs> it was like analog VHS static, and it's like these are digital cameras. That doesn't happen with them. Yeah. They get artifacts. They get cubic, uh, pixelated artifacts when they start to fuck up. This was magnetic tape anomalies. So it's just like I don't know. Like, if you're gonna have someone doing that with your film, at least have them understand the difference between <laughs> Can tape also- and files. <laughs> Can we also talk about just how casual they are about people like their friends being brutally murdered? And they're like, they're get like, the he's dead. He's dead now. Get the keys. Fuck yeah. It. And they're just hanging out. It's like there are ways to escape this place that you're just not trying hard enough, I guess. Yeah. Anne was watching it during that scene and she, and she was like, why don't they just go out a window? And I was like, well, there's bars on the window. And she goes, yeah, they're bolted to something. Take the yeah. bolts out. Yeah. Kick it. Can we also can we well, also talk about let's, the, let's, let's, the let's, attempting to break down doors supercut that happened? Well, not just that. <laughs> literally but, trying to smash down like four doors and failing. I'm going to give them happens. a I'm going to give them a pass on not figuring out how to get out of the building because if you watch the first time they go to the elevator and the first guy that gets killed and cut in half, uh, he tries to pull the elevator door open, like really trying hard to pull it open on a slide door. Yeah. It's a slide elevator door. You slide it to the side to enter the elevator and he's pulling on it. And I'm like, okay, so for the rest of the movie, I can believe these fucking morons don't know how to get out of a door because they obviously don't know how to open them. You know, these aren't bright people. I mean, I remember the first time I rode an elevator. Oh, yeah, they're not smart. But yeah, they're sure as fuck dead. (laughs) But when when they were screaming at her that like by the half legs, like he's right behind you. It's like she would have absolutely heard them. Well, she did. Well, yeah, she turns she around, but like she says she doesn't see away. anything. Yeah, she yeah. does the whole, I don't see anything. What are you talking about? And That was so fucking dumb. It's just like, you just get up. The acting is so bad. They're like, what the fuck? What do you mean? What do you mean you can't see? What the fuck? And it's just like, just run. Oh, wait, no, no. Yeah, just we, run. It's we, fine. Yeah, just like, just get out of there. You know, if you hear people yelling for you, run. <laughs> the reveal that Mike was alive, the David, the Hopper looking dude, after he was like, you see him get his throat cut in the movie and like <laughs> fall off to the side. Like, OK, Mike's dead. When they realized that he was alive, I was like, he is surprisingly spry for someone that just got their throat. I, I, I thought that they were setting that up like, oh, man, he's going to be possessed. And that's why he's walking around with a, th- a slit throat. And he's like, would I slit my own fucking throat? That's what I thought, too. I thought the same thing. And, and that would have made it interesting. And of course. 
course they didn't explore that at all. I mean, like, uh, blood loss, you you don't run around and try to do these things. Nah, man. <laughs> uh, well, let me, let me tell you what I saw with the blood. All right, so wait, these people, first of all, they have a lot of blood come out very, very quickly from their cuts, which, all right, yeah. fine. Second of all, if you're following that much blood down a hallway, stop. Because the person that's at the end of that trail doesn't have any blood left in them. The amount of blood in this movie was enough to indicate someone's dead. Uh, yeah, I don't some, think people really, can you only have six talk, units of blood in your sometimes body. Sometimes the blood, the blood was good. Sometimes like that, that one of the first five kills and like the first three minutes of the movie, the dude that um, he gets knocked to the ground and then dragged away and then he crawls back out again and then he gets hit again. And you just see that big splatter under him yeah, as he yeah. gets pulled away. That was done really well. I was like, whoa, that was actually yeah. kind of That convincing. was good. That was that was the opening opening I, murder. I, but I the drag, really the fucking the drag first, up to the, the ceiling. Guy, yeah. The, 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 the later halfway through the film when they drag the guy <laughs> up to the hole in the ceiling goes like, oh man, who rubbed a Smucker's strawberry sandwich against the fucking wall? It's yeah. like <laughs> I think the best line of dialogue came after Blazer Douche fucking gets murdered because you see him get dragged away and then everyone else comes up and the one line that this guy says, what the hell is this blood out here? Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is like, this blood how out here? Like, how is that your response? What the hell like, is this blood out here? What the, the hell is this blood out here, huh? Hey, what the <laughs> hell is this blood out here, huh? Dude, dude we're supposed to clean up afterwards. Yeah. No, and, and I got to go back to something that Jeff mentioned um, a few minutes ago uh, about how, you know, fuck it, they're all dead anyway. That's another thing, too. Any suspense that this film could have had was immediately killed by this knee-jerk reaction all of these filmmakers have to, we need to make it Blair Witchy. And they, by saying they up always, front that they, they were never found? They yeah, were never why found. why would you spoil yeah. it right out the gate like that? Yeah, don't do that. You save that title card for the end. All right, the, the the Blair Witch Project, like the reason they said that at the beginning, because that was part of the lore. The lore of that film yeah. was these guys have been missing for a fucking year. And holy shit, we never found their bodies or their tent or anything. But we just somehow found their footage in the foundation of the remains of an 1800s house. Holy shit. So that was a given going into it that these guys have been missing for a long time. And now the footage has been found. Found. Hence, found footage. This is just, oh yeah, uh, these uh, these people all died and uh, he, the cops released their footage. It's like the cops are not going to release footage of people's heads being bitten off and fucking beaver shots of ghosts raping people and fucking everything else that happens in this movie. It's just like... Uh, uh, Sit down for twenty minutes and think of uh, uh, think of something more clever than that. It just it's so lazy and and I think that's one thing that people who've been following the show for a long time have seen the common thread where these films are bad. It's not because oh pearl clutching like oh you can't touch this subject. It's true crime movie club. Everything is exploitive. We're talking about true crime movies. It's not oh man the budget was so small. A lot of great low-budget movies out there. It's They got fucking lazy. Laziness is inexcusable in filmmaking. It's the one inexcusable sin. It's lazy because we've sat here and talked about how some of the some of the, the shots, some of the mm -hmm. special effects, they were really fucking good in this. They were great. I mean, they the were, they were very good. good. The, but what the, kills the, me yeah. is the use the use of a a a real event 
to backstory a a storyline that has nothing to do with it really and then on top of that to be graphic without earning that graphicness i mean it's this yeah. is not a you are not tromo you are not going to pull this shit off and not have people go what the fuck and the story, the writing, like I said, WebMD and fucking someone on an acid trip in the basement of Woolworths wrote this fucking film. <laughs> yeah, no, honestly, what they should have done with this film, and it would have made it a better film and, and a much easier to stomach film, is they should have said, okay, we're going to make the ghost a killer inspired by Richard Speck. And we used to see yeah. that a lot in the 80s, like with... with uh, Child's Play, for instance, Charles Lee Ray. He was based on Charles Starkweather, Lee Harvey Oswald, and uh, James Earl Ray. And they, mm. they incorporated elements of all of them into this character, and then he became a ghost that possesses this fucking doll. And I'm sure that, that that's yeah. been done. Yeah, in a you've bunch seen of, the movie. You've <laughs> seen this movie. So, yeah. Yeah, then you had Leatherface with Ed Gein. Exactly. And uh, yeah. uh, the, the Fun fact, I used to live by the apartment building in the first one in Chicago. Yes, you did. <laughs> Uh, the, the one from the the famous uh, the original theatrical poster where the the babysitter's flying out the fucking window, yep. um, but uh, what you call also uh, goddamn what the fuck uh, Gary Heidnick he was the inspiration for the the rape pit in Silence of the Lambs that was very commonplace and they could have gotten away with that too and it would have helped the location obviously they didn't get some abandoned townhouse for this that was closer in size and look to the one where this crime happened but they could have. Change the name of Richard Speck's character. Be like, oh yeah, he was uh, fucking Sugar Teats Johnson, and he broke into a hospital in yeah. the '60s. Fucking Robert Robert Dot. <laughs> I'm sure they would argue that they changed his name because they said his name is Richard Franklin Speck when his name was Richard Benjamin Speck. Yeah, there you go. It was Franklin Benjamin, the famous serial killer Franklin Benjamin. He broke into this hospital in the 60s and murdered, a, you know, and that's another thing. They, they completely get the number of victims wrong several times in this, but uh, that's just <laughs> rivet counting, I guess. But um, whatchamacallit, but yeah, they could have said he broke into a hospital and killed all these nurses and the hospital was shut down in the wake of it and they could have done whatever they wanted with it and it wouldn't have been a slap in the face to the real life families and victims and survivors of Richard Specks. And then it could have been something like a little tidbit for the commentary or the trivia page. And Oh yeah, this was inspired by the life and crimes of Richard Speck. They could have gotten away with it, but no, there was like, Oh no, no, no. We need to put Richard Speck in the title because then we can get the true crime crowd involved along. We could get that, that overlap. We'll get the horror fans with the paranormal activity shit. And then we'll get the true crime people in and we'll double our money. That's exactly what it was. It's the other inexcusable, unforgivable crime in filmmaking like this. Laziness is the first, and the second one is cash grab. It's like, I understand you want to make a return on your investment, and you want to make some money from your art. You know, this isn't charity and everything, but when you're doing it with, like, let's exploit murder victims, it's like bit of a line to cross like especially <laughs> like jeff said if you're not doing it with any artistic statement i mean they could have easily just called this 100 ghost street the return of teb dundee yeah <laughs> beb dundee <laughs> mark fleck <laughs> yeah ben affleck kills people at 100 state street oh who knows who knows <laughs> yeah well yeah they um, shot in la they could have just done like the east side strangler or something instead of the eastbound strangler. yeah 
Exactly. Whatever. The eastbound and or hillside stranglers. Sorry. Eastbound and down into the depths of bad movie making. Yeah, the eastbound and down strangler. <laughs> yeah, just something like that since they shot in Los Angeles. You named your kid after Titanic? What's his fucking brother's name? Shrek? <laughs> you know, that show ruled. But yeah, this movie sucked. They had 125 grand to work with. Allegedly. Do you know how much, how good of a documentary we could have made with 125 grand, Dan? Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, I do. You could win an Oscar. You could win an Oscar for a documentary made with that much money. Send your money now. Yeah. We'll reshoot it. Send your money now so we can make the Beb Tundi movie. <laughs> to prove it all, please say, please go to Patreon and send your money so we can make a documentary on, I don't know. Yeah. Something. That I- <laughs> we should make a documentary about these shitty true crime directors. Let's interview them all and put them on blast. But like, why did you do this? <laughs> yeah. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> I'd like to introduce you to Jeff. Jeff takes off a leather driving glove and slaps him. <laughs> He's good at what's called advanced interrogation. <laughs> <laughs> it's enhanced, not advanced. Enhanced interrogation. Oh, excuse me. Hey, what are you guys doing with those uh, water bottles and towels, huh? huh? Just thirsty, bud. Hey, There's going to be some water spilled. Why is, there a, why is there a pad that's at an angle right here? What is that? Oh, it takes some pressure off your lower back, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway. Ser- also, um, <laughs> <This movie> sucked. <laughs> shameless plug, uh, since Patreon was brought up, if you would like to support the show in any way, it is uh, patreon.com slash 1289 productions. That's 1289 productions. Um, the money goes to both shows in the 1289 productions universe podcast, 1289 and true crime movie club. Um, we've got some great rewards on there, buttons, stickers. But yeah, if you want to throw a couple nickels our way, it's patreon.com slash 1289 productions and um if you can't uh donate that's fine we wouldn't ask anyone you know we wouldn't guilt anyone in times like this if you want to help the show out rate and review on itunes jeff uh, explain the metrics of that and how that helps our show out with just how a simple review can really gain exposure for the show yeah so going on giving giving a, a star review a five-star review in essence actually gets culminated and and metriced by apple and Apple actually decides whether or not to promote your show as a, you know, if you like this, you've seen it before. If you like this, you're going to like this. And by doing that, you actually help us get exposure that we would no- normally not get. So it's almost like free publicity for us. And all it takes is you going on there, giving it a five star. On top of that, if you go on there and just write a review, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like. In those reviews, tell us about a movie that you think we should watch. Something like that. It'll help us make the show better. Yeah, man. We listen to our fans. We've got some really great people following us on social media right now. Um, You can find us at uh, TCMC podcast on Twitter and then on Instagram we are at True Crime Movie Club reach out to us let us know if there's like Jeff said if there's something you want us to watch if there's uh, anything else you'd like us to do with the show We're, we are all about making this uh, a, a fun experience for y'all to listen to uh, at least more fun than watching these fucking movies <laughs> and with that in mind gentlemen let's get to our patented rate system the sparkies named in honor of the old sparky electric chair that several states employed some people have thumbs up thumbs down five stars four stars nope we got sparkies so with that in mind michael how many sparkies would you give to 100 ghost street the return of richard speck uh i'm gonna be quite honest zero yes (laughs) this movie was just god-awful 
Uh, it had decent production value, and like you guys went into, like some of the scenes were actually pretty good. But just the fact mm-hmm. that they shoehorned in the Richard Speck name to get you know more viewers or whatever, and basically butchered the telling of that story in order to facilitate ghost rape. Uh, like if if you want a more accurate portrayal of Richard Speck, please just go watch Mindhunter. Pretty sure he's got an episode or two in there, and it's way better than this drivel. Yeah, no, the actor that they got um, to play him looked just like him, too. That was a uh, shit. I wonder if we're ever going to get a season three of that show. Everything is fu- it, Things were kind of up in the air even yeah. before COVID. So who the fuck knows anymore? Yeah. Shit's yeah. whack. I hope so. That show is so awesome. I enjoy it. <laughs> even with, you know, all of the fictionalizations and a bunch of other goofy shit I don't care about in it. It's still a good show. But anyway, with that in mind, Dan... <laughs> How many Sparkies would you Zero. Give? Fuck this movie. <laughs> That's it. No, we don't have to spend any more time on this. Fuck this movie. Zero. <laughs> My man. It, 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 just to echo everything Michael said, it had no, it, it, like, yeah, artistic merit, whatever. There were some good effects. Story, dog shit. It's just like... This movie was offensive. That's all I'm saying. It was misogynist. It fucking had rape in it for no reason. And twice, twice if you will. Twice. Living and dead. Yeah. <laughs> this like, fuck him. Gigi <laughs> Allen would have watched this movie and been like, can you tone this down, man? <laughs> it's like, what is... Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm with you, fucking. All right, so another goose egg for 100th Street Haunting, The Ghost of Richard Speck. Jeff, with that in mind, how many Sparkies for Paranormal Entity 4, The Awakening? Yeah. <laughs> All right, so because I'm the guy here to, to gauge whether or not this thing is historically accurate, and the only thing in this film <laughs> that has anything to do with Richard Speck is his name, and they still got that wrong, this thing gets a zero from me also. Wow, this might be... Is if Jesse gives a zero, this is going to be the first four in a row. Drum roll, please. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, we know that's what's going to happen. But <laughs> the problem with that is this. Dan's lack of respect for numbers and the space-time <laughs> continuum, he has given, like, negative million reviews before. Like... What was it? The oh, the, the haunting of Nicole Brown Simpson. He gave it negative thirty three point two million Sparkies. So, <laughs> if you want to be a stickler, with that in mind, even four goose eggs on this would still not be the lowest rated. No, 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 Jesse, I disagree. Four goose eggs is an absolute zero, which has no value. Going into the negative as a negative oh, it's like value associated with it. So there's oh, no they value there. Spar- they fucking owe me Sparkies, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, if an absolute zero means a z- absolute zero. And, and so if you go into the negative, there's still value there. It's just a negative value, but it's a value. So uh, this would be a first for us. Be a black hole. Because this is a straight across line with no dip into the negatives. It's just like, uh-uh, nope, zero charisma, you're done. Then yeah, this is the lowest fucking reviewed film we've watched so far, which is really saying something because the production values on this film, as we've said before, is astro are they're, they're astronomically fucking better than, say, uh fucking Amityville the final chapter aka Sickle that movie was shot for fucking ten dollars <laughs> or the DC Sniper or DC yeah. Sniper too but I mean at least DC Sniper had a celebrity in it you know what I mean and had like a uh, 
the the Tommy Wiseau light of directors behind the camera. So it had like a little bit of lore to go with it. Whereas Sickle, who gives a fuck who made Sickle? Nobody made that movie. You know what I mean? No one knows anything about those people. I mean, even even as much as we laughed about it and shit all over it, uh, Amityville No Escape had more charisma and a storyline and humor behind it. Yeah, they had hot and ready pizzas. <laughs> Dude, fucking Little Caesars, like, has gotten good. I'm pissed off. They used to be a joke. No, it hasn't. It has. <laughs> I have taken... Little Caesars pizza used to be worse than Chuck E. Cheese pizza. It's now edible. <laughs> Whoa, now Charles you're talking shit about Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> the child... The child what it should have been. casino itself. <laughs> That's what this should have been. 100 Ghost Street, The Return of Charles E. Cheese. Notorious <laughs> serial killer. He fed his victims to rats. Yo, Jesse, please make that shirt because I will buy it. <laughs> the, the, the Return of Charles E. Cheese. I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, fucking goose eggs all around, people. Happy Easter. I know we've been hyperbolic in saying that this is the worst movie I've ever seen, but this is... Probably the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst movie on exploitation levels. Just like you can, there's, I mean, you were pretty much past the point of no return with the first ghost rape scene, but then when you throw a second one in. Yeah, double down. necrophilia, yeah, it's just like, and it isn't even double down in like the cannibal holocaust or the Jim Van Beber way. It was just like, it, the, the filmmakers that put this in just didn't seem to think anyone would have a problem with it, which is <sighs> like unforgivable. Let's put it in perspective, man. I have I have done some horrific things in my life and this film bothers. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's it's really that's that's the that's the thing that makes me like wonder what was their intent here? Because you have taken a a film and you put it out there to a to a man who has taken people's lives. And I'm like, man, that's harsh. This is too much. <laughs> Jeff has done many horrible things, all of them awesome. But anyway, um, <laughs> this movie was shot for $125,000 that could have been given to the Easter Seals or St. Jude or a, the Food Bank of L.A. And they're like, nah, let's make this instead. And that's unforgivable. Hey, man, um, capitalism rewards, rewards innovation. <laughs> I have nothing to say to that. I would. <laughs> yeah, no, like I said, it's this is this is a weird anomaly. It's a watchable film. It is shot well. The color correction is fine. There there are no editing errors. The frame uh, editing errors, sorry, there the frame rate is is consistent. They did that just fine. The CGI <laughs> is good. The the sound design is perfect, but everything uh, I mean like it was competently made. I will give them that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's competently made in the same way Triumph of the Will was competently made. But <laughs> the message of the story, and it's only a message by default because they're not fucking saying anything with this film, is just unfucking forgivable. So yeah, goose eggs all around. Fuck this fucking movie. It is not worth watching. If you want to watch a movie that is like Similar to this, but nowhere near as offensive. Watch fucking Grave Encounters because it's the same fucking movie, but without ghost rape or serial killer bullshit. Yeah, without just hijacking the name to get some publicity. Exactly. 
So yeah, we're going to have to watch Gacy House soon and see if it's in any way worse than this one. I, I like the challenge of that. So next week, we'll probably do Gacy House or something. But either way, from all of us here at the True Crime Movie Club, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. You bring the popcorn. We'll see you at the morgue. Later. This man is a criminal. He is a dangerous human being. He is an asshole. He'll kill you and put you in the graveyard. Richard Speck! Richard Speck! Richard Speck! Richard Speck! Rock over London, rock on Chicago, Ford. Quartier's job one. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.